Why do we self-sabotage? This is a conversation about positive intelligence. All right, guys, welcome to another podcast with Out of Control, the Out of Control podcast here with Matthew and Molly. And this podcast is a conversation about the tendencies that we have to seek for control in life. And so how do we flip the script on that and live out of control? (laughs) So this isn't about uh, complaints of controls in the world or in the past. This isn't a conversation about um, organization. This is a conversation about accepting and living in the journey that is life. Yeah. We talk about parenting. We talk about relationships. We talk about just personal development Mm -hmm. and all things related to control. And and sometimes Harry Potter. And sometimes Harry Potter and other great books that we love. So, all right, well, let's get into this episode today. But before we do... All right, guys, before we get started, though, we do have a review. Uh, I always have... I've already tried to... (laughs) Molly keeps laughing. I already tried to read this and I stumbled, so I'm going to try it again. Always get me thinking five stars. I love all the topics y'all explore and share on this podcast, especially loving episode two, as it's something I've thought about so often over the last decade. So nice to have a fresh and, might I add, wise and trusted perspective on so many important and relatable topics. Love your outlook on life and your willingness to share. So that is from Steffer806. We appreciate you and love you, Steffer806. So if you guys have a review for us, please go fill it out. We want to know what you think and what you're like and what you want to hear about. And uh, we do have more things coming down the line with the podcast, but we always, always yeah. appreciate people. And throw in some tongue twisters for Matt to read. Yeah, no emojis on this one, so I'm good. All right. <laughs> So uh, we're going to move into uh, today's topic real quick. To, so, so let's talk about the framing of what this is about. So today... Are we going to do a fun... We're going to do that in a minute. Oh, okay. So, so today uh, we're going to talk about a book called Positive Intelligence. And uh, this book, is, and really it's a program, is really an incredible, incredible resource. And you can tell maybe how we found out about it. Okay. Well, I have, I've only listened to uh, like parts of it. Uh, I have not read the whole thing. Um, we found out about it from Matt's mom. Um, and so Matt, Matt's mom and Matt had a conversation about it. And Matt is ev- ever curious about everything. And so if someone mentions something he hasn't heard about, you can bet that he's going to um, look into it. And so, of course, he bought the book. He downloaded the audiobook. And probably listened to it at five million times the speed and finished it in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, uh, you know, it's, I, I do have, a, I don't look into everything, but um, a lot of things. I, if it's personal development wise, psychology yeah. wise, I really am fascinated okay, even, with the mind and how not. it works and sometimes other things as well. Smokers, building out G. Smokers, that's like grills, not like you Amazon, know, smoke. FBA, uh, slingshots. No, you look into a, well, if it's business related, then that would count as Matt can take every anything and make it business related. But I haven't looked into knitting yet. No, but I'm not. I'm not doubting okay. you that that might happen one day. One day, maybe when I'm old, <laughs> I'll look into knitting. Okay, you'd so probably book, be really good at it. Too. I, could, <laughs> I could be an amazing knitter. Okay, so this book is by Shirzad Shamin, and uh, it's really uh, Shirzad has put together an amazing coaching business. Um, very, very recommended by many, many people, and. 
the topic here is about sabotage, right? And any of us that have been in the effort of building a better life, whether it's in our relationships, our finances, our careers with our kids, we've experienced the experience of sabotage. We've all, all as in the whole human race, has self-sabotaged. Yeah. Because we're, we're really good at it. Yeah, we do. And that's really what this book is about, is about our sab- how we sabotage in our lives and how that disables us from accomplishing and experiencing the life that we want. Which, right, and how that shows up differently for different people. The way I sabotage myself is way different than how you do that. Yeah, exactly. And so this is a really fascinating... Uh, there's not, from my experience, a lot of great books on sabotage. We've we've read one... Gay Hendrick's book is yeah, really the good great, as well. The Big Leap... The big leap is another one. But that's one. more, I felt that was more broad on how kind of everyone in, in the human race. We ought to do a... Universally self-sabotage, right? Yeah, we ought to com- do a conversation that, about that's that. That's another good yeah. book. This, though, ha- it has a very scientific sort of style. It, it's it's an easy read. It's not like hard to read, but it's got... Uh, I feel like it's really well backed in the, in the sort of style in which he can... Uh, Condenses? Uh, condenses the, the data and the points. Well, because you can go onto the website and you can take the saboteur quiz mm-hmm. and then you can see where you might self-sabotage versus someone else's quiz is going to yeah. have different results. And then you can take that and you read the book and then you can apply more, um, I don't know the word, but you can apply it to you in a different way than... I would apply it to myself. Yeah, it's got a real personalization yeah. nature to it. Now, there's two real elements to what he talks about. So the first he talks about is something called positive intelligence and your PQ quotient, which is is sort of a happiness. It's, it's sort of, and it's maybe a little bit beyond happiness. It's more of a fulfillment quotient. So um, he's also got a test for that where you can judge on a regular basis what your PQ is. And, and ultimately, this leads back to a conversation that, you know, Tony Robbins talks a lot about. When you think about life, right, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, that positive, positive BS, right? Like, you know, it's all just a po- bunch of mumbo jumbo to get you all hyped up. But the reality is life's tough. Life sucks, right? But one of the things that always stood out to me that I really liked when I went to some of the Tony Robbins events was he talked about how, if you ask yourself, okay, yeah, it, it's it's not that life is always cupcakes and ding-dongs. In fact, we went through something that we're going to talk about in a second that was quite a little bit challenging for us for a minute there. And and in that in those hard moments, uh, you know, I don't think that positivity says that you need to like ignore reality. Um, I think the difference is whether or not you're experiencing suffering because of that reality, right? Recognizing it may not be ideal, recognizing it may be harder than what you were hoping for, recognizing that it may be requires a sacrifice from you that you weren't expecting. All those things are realities of life. But whether or not you suffer amidst that reality is really the question. And so PQ really gives you a chance to go take a test and see, hey, how much suffering am I experiencing in my day-to-day life? And, and he's got some really fascinating kind of um, you know, ideas around that. And then um, in order to increase your PQ, your experience, your fulfillment, your happiness in life, the idea is what you need to look at is your saboteurs. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our saboteurs today. If you'd like to listen in, we're going to talk about what the different saboteurs are. 
and we'll compare our saboteurs to each other. We'll even share our son's saboteur and we'll just kind of figure out um, how this has helped us. And we give my mom a lot of credit for making this conversation possible. Um, I, I have an awesome relationship with my mom. We talk a lot. Um, I usually, she, she always did. I remember her having books on the shelf that were like personal development books. And, um, but, uh, I have always been in big into personal development. And so a lot of times it's sort of an idea comes from me and then she'll listen to it or read it or whatever. And so this has been a really fun book because it came from her and, and obviously it's always fun when other people value your ideas. And so, um, we just had a lot of great conversations and then Molly's been open to considering it and looking at it too. And so on our last vacation, we dug into it a lot more. So let's share that. But before we do fun facts. Fun facts with Molly and Matt. Is that a good little logo sting? Mm, we'll let the people decide that. <laughs> All right. So our fun fact for the week is... We're moving. We are moving because of a slightly dumb decision that I made. Um, we don't care to throw anybody under the bus, but our landlord is a um, very particular person and i could probably guess her saboteur yeah you're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little bit right um and uh anyways i made the decision to put a ring alarm on the house and that was against my contract we are we've been paying a very favorable rent where we're at we when we moved to utah we were gonna look at buying but we weren't quite sure how long we we're going to be here. And then we just love this house so much that we've just decided we were just going to keep renting it until it just didn't make any sense. Either she until Tyler, too much yeah. or until Tyler gets out of school, which is two more years. But some things happened and um, I broke the rules. And so uh, that was quite frustrating. Um, we felt like there was room for some discussion, but that discussion didn't go where we wanted. And so our landlord has asked us to leave. Yeah. How's that been for you, babe? Hmm. <laughs> Very out of control. So that was a whirlwind. Um, I think we handled it fairly well. I mean, with I had... each other or the situation? What do you mean? Both. Okay. Um, yeah. I might have had some favorable things to say. You, you, <laughs> you let me just vent out my emotions. Yeah, I think... Although it was still really hard, there was definitely a lot of suffering I saw you experiencing. I, I felt like um, sometimes in the past, we struggle with taking things out on each other. Yeah, and I, I don't and I think we like did that, that this time. was not as much. There definitely was some need for some distance. Kind of You have to process kind of by yourself, and that sometimes feels a little bit disconnecting for me. But I, but I like wasn't taking anything out on you. No, no. I thought we did really pretty good navigating the first week or so of kind of figuring things the out. The first week, I just really had to... Well, the big challenge was we had to find a new place and we only had 30 days to get out. And then the place we found, well, the first place we found, then someone else snatched Let's up. Let's just say moving right now is when mm. it's unexpected and unplanned is not optimal with the housing market. Yeah. It's insane. And we needed to, we didn't need to, we made a family decision together to stay in the high school boundaries for Tyler, our oldest, who's playing football. Mm-hmm. And it was really important to him. And so we all agreed that that might require some sacrifice on the type of house we get into. Yeah. And whether or not it would be comparable. The house we have here is great. It I is mean, a great it, house. It's I don't great. know. It was brand it, new when he moved in. Three car garage. Oh, it had an, has an RV pad with 30 amp hookups. Yeah. Uh, 
just the floor plan has been phenomenal. I loved it that it was a one story with a finished basement. I mean, yeah. I mean, there obviously there's things about houses that as you live in them, you're like, oh, I, in my dream house, I wouldn't do it this way. Sure. But like the pink color was nice, and you know, everything was maybe not up to my taste. But it was a really, it's a really nice it's been a great house. house, especially for a rental. Yeah. Like, yeah, to find it as a rental and at the prices that we've been paying, and the fact she's only raised rents once in three and a half years, so. and it was close to the boys' job, yeah. it was close to yeah. the high school. Um, I'd rather not say the high school that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what I think in the one of maybe even the next um, podcast, I want to talk about what I learned from this experience because yeah. um, it was really highly was- valuable. Yeah, it was a good learning. So we'll we'll move on to the topic of the day, but um, so we're moving. But we we can do a podcast and then pick it apart and yeah, show you where we like did really good at and where we kind where of we have room for the control issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did find a house, and we will be moving uh, in after the next yeah, after days. the Fourth of July. Yeah. So, all right, with uh, that, so that's our fun fact for right now, and so um, exciting, exciting. Yeah. Uh, now we'll keep the podcast coming every week and uh, make sure that you guys are there. Although I did miss a week a few weeks ago. Um, I just. That was the week we bit. found out. Oh yeah. That's exactly why we missed that week. So, all right, well, let's get into saboteurs and positive. So the first thing is if you go to positiveintelligence.com, you can actually pause and go take your own saboteur test. Yeah. It doesn't take very long. It's really easy, pretty quick, and it's free. Yeah, Totally. And that's what I love about it. And I, I loved how you, like, you even, like, jumped right into it and were totally cool with uh, with doing it. So, all right. So, first of all, let me introduce the saboteurs to you and what they each are. And then we will talk through kind of um, how they... Now, there is a main saboteur that's actually not mentioned here. And that is called the judge. And and one of the things that uh, Shirzad um, talks about is how the first reason why we self-sabotage is because of this little judge in our head. And, and there's all sorts of different examples of that. I, we've got a friend, they call it spike narrative. Um, Landmark calls it, you're already always listening. Um, different types of programs call this sort of voice in our heads uh, different things. And, and so one of the things he acknowledges is that we all tend to consistently judge ourselves. Yeah. And that judge is the first saboteur that we have to really recognize um, and and realize is always speaking. Yeah. Now, beyond that, then you have, and I, I forget what he um, talk calls these. There's, there's, they're like a sub saboteurs. And so that's what these are. And so I'm going to go through the list of these saboteurs. So first of all, it, it, you could kind of have some fun with us here and ask yourself, well, which one do I have? So here are some of the saboteurs that exist. So uh, one is a controller. One is a stickler. Those sound kind of similar. So we'll mm-hmm. kind of talk about the differences in some of those. Um, there is the hyper-rational, the hyper-achiever, the hyper-vigilant. There's a lot of hypers. A lot of hypers in here. A lot of hyperness going on here. There is the restless, the victim the avoider, and the pleaser. All right. 
So you guys have been listening to our podcast. So what, what do you think? What are our saboteurs? What do you think Molly's saboteur is? What do you think my saboteur is? Our top saboteurs. Now what they actually do is they take all 10 and they ask a bunch of questions and then they rank each one with sort of the strength at which it most likely impacts you on a scale of one to 10. And I feel like um, these type of quizzes the saboteur quiz or like mm-hmm. an Enneagram or anything, it requires you to be honest with yes. where you're at in this moment, not who you think you are, not who you are trying to be, Yeah. but really where you're at, at this moment, this day. Yes. Yeah, some of us have tried to live life where we try to pretend to be our best all but, the time. I don't think it's bad to like try to experience or feel happiness. But I think for these quizzes to have any type of impact, you really just have to be like, Oh no, that like, this is where I'm at. It's not good or bad. It's just what is. And if you can just answer honestly, then your results will actually be more impactful than. Well, at the end of the day, any sort of progress requires that you really start based on a solid foundation. Sometimes our solid foundations, solid means real means, you know, truth. And if your truth is that you struggle with a bunch of stuff, but you're pretending like you don't, then you haven't started on solid foundations. So I think anything you have to start with being self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're not there yet, then that's probably the first step. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, let's go with, um, let's start out with what we did not have as saboteurs because those are easier to talk about. There, there were, were there any that you had? There were three on my list that I had zero. Nothing. Nothing. Do not sabotage her. And they are number one hyperachiever. Hyperachiever. Now, that's a little bit interesting because Molly does run half marathons and marathons. She does achieve things. Um, But the hyperachiever is really focused on the accomplishing of things. And the book does a great job of kind of breaking down all these things. We're not going to break down everyone. We're going to focus more on our own because we're going to get some insights that the, the write-up shares. Um, but the hyperachiever is actually one that my mom relates to, which was really enlightening in our relationship and some things. Because one of the areas where I felt like my mom maybe was trying to encourage us, she oftentimes would sort of... Um, make statements around us doing things like she was really concerned with us ever taking action or ever behaving in a way that would prevent something else from being possible. And that sometimes was, was challenging for me and I didn't quite understand that. Um, but when you start to understand her hyperachiever nature, this desire, this, this hyperachiever saboteur, you could see that, Oh, that's sort of her, saboteur showing up and valuing the achievement of things and so for her in her life when she values achievement and and for me if i'm not gonna have that opportunity to achieve then that would be a bad thing in her world whereas in my world it may not be as challenging if i'm not as much of a hyper achiever um and so understanding that was really enlightening for my relationship with my mom because i understood like oh that's why she does that and that and so what might have felt a little bit you know weird or off or or difficult to understand in someone else as you go through these saboteurs you can start to see oh that's why they do that thing and that's cool because now you can see you know and then it's really cool that my mom is so willing to look at that and then and say okay how am i doing that where is that getting in the way of my relationships with my kids and none none of these saboteurs 
are ranked in goodness and one's yeah. not better than yeah. the other. She was so cute though. She said, uh, I don't know if this is talking too much about my mom because I know she listens to the podcast. And so I hope she knows that I love her and I do. I really do. I have a great relationship with my mom, but she was so cute because she was like, yeah, even my higher achiever was like, oh, well, if I'm going to have the, a, a, a saboteur, that would be the best one to have. Right. And so it was cute. Like how our saboteurs truly do impact because i can yeah. tell you my saboteur i kind of see as a positive of all the ones i'm like oh yeah that's kind of the best one to have right because that's my well, saboteur. In our, right in our brains we like to still think we're good yeah and we are like we are we're all good there there is no there is no, right, there is no yeah and so the there's no ranking yeah. i mean you could my saboteurs could be construed as ooh, you, you got the worst of the worst but they like it it actually doesn't bother me i'm very self-aware these are my saboteurs and that they have been, even if I hadn't named them the yeah. same way. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's no good or bad, better or best. It, they are just are what they are. And yeah. Once again, if you go back to knowing what your real foundation that you're trying to build off of is, if, Hey, I have a, an inclination to lean towards this thing, then, mm -hmm. then, yeah. okay. So you had no high achiever. What else? Did yeah. You no. Know? Uh, and, uh, no hyper rational. No. So this is an intense and exclusive focus on the rational processing of everything including relationships mm. um you can be perceived as cold distant and intellectually arrogant that would be if you were hyper rational if you were hyper rational yeah. i have i don't have that yeah okay um and then another one and mm. this came to no surprise to mm. me is i'm not a pleaser yeah it was a zero like i have never lived my life to please other people which is sometimes also not a great thing um, I think, yeah, I think this is like, what's interesting is all of these saboteurs actually, in some ways you're kind of like, well, this is actually a really good thing to be this way. Right. Well, uh, there's right balance. Right. But, but there's kind of this idea that, um, that's almost why they end up becoming saboteurs because we lean so heavily on them in a way that stops us from achieving one of the great questions. One of my mentors have, let's see if I can frame the question. He said, what is the strength? What of your strengths? or what is the strength that has gotten you where you're at today that is stopping you from getting where you're going tomorrow? Yeah. I think our saboteurs are really good at disguising themselves mm -hmm. as positive, as right? positives. Cause there are a lot of positives about them. But if you go to the extreme with them, they actually do more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why they're like, they're, they're just saboteurs to be aware of. And so that you can kind of keep them in check. Yeah. So for you, you don't really have to worry too much about being a pleaser. No. Right. So that's not a, that's not something that's going to get you into trouble now. Right. Since we've now talked about what you have none of, I have none of hyper vigilant. Okay. So I am not a hyper vigilant. I'm not, a, I am comfortable with all sorts of types of risk. I don't double check anything. Well, that's not totally true, but situational awareness. Yes, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you have none of that. Yeah, I just don't really. I, I I get things done. I'm comfortable with good enough. I have a. I feel like I have a good judge of what's good enough, and then I can move on. I do not have to like double but check. I'm not like overly concerned with people hurting me. Right, you're not worried about me. dangers. What could go wrong? Yeah, read, read what it says about hyper. It says continuous, intense anxiety about all the dangers and what could go wrong. Vigilance that can never rest. Yeah, I never experienced that, which is why I'm a zero. Right now, interesting. Molly just mentioned two of hers that she did not have, which was pleaser and hyper rational. Now let's <laughs> talk about what our saboteurs are. And as ever, as with every 
personality profile of anything literally molly and i have ever taken we are the complete opposite yeah so whereas she has no hyper rational or pleaser in her i am a 6.9 on pleaser (laughs) and a 5.6 on hyper rational and this is out of a scale of 10 out of scale of 10 all right so so what is pleaser Read, read the definition of pleaser here Okay, a pleaser indirectly tries to gain acceptance and affection by helping, pleasing, rescuing, or flattering others, loses sight of own needs, and becomes resentful as a result. And I would say this has definitely shown up in our relationship. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And and it's hard because, once again, as a person who grew up in a service-oriented home, I took to the value of serving, of giving, um, as one who had a great relationship with my mom from from because I was willing to go and sit and listen to her and and then share also like we had just this awesome I got a lot of value out of pleasing people and I learned how to be adaptable to what people wanted me to be I call that being a chameleon yeah and and it's not bad to be able to relate to a lot of different people and and my mom always tells a story I think I've told it on here before of how I could like I was in gymnastics and this kid was picking on me and by the end of the class he was my friend so that 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 ability that pleaser ability can sometimes identify what people really want and then give them what they want which is sometimes valuable yeah. but what it does is it's created in me when I really got honest with myself and I started to really into this personal development journey about 15 years ago, I had to start to realize like that I am, I have a hero complex. I really like, I have a savior complex. Well, and even as recently as the last year or two, we've had conversations where I, I think, yeah, we've realized that you have sort of lost yourself Yeah. in this people pleasing mode. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely been these these ways in which I um, can get caught up with. Oh, this this would this could make sense business wise, and they want to do it. So yeah, let's do it. I, I can make that happen. I can go do what's needs to be done so that you get what you want. And mm-hmm. instead of sticking to sometime my own vision or my own decisions, I kind of go and make somebody else happy when then I don't have time to work on the thing that's maybe most important or whatever. And so those are some ways in which that sabotages me in getting to where it is that I want to go in life. Um, It's also happened in our relationship where sometimes instead of early on when, when things were difficult, instead of communicating in a way that was like, Hey, I'm really hurt by the way that this is going down. I would just be like, suck it up. And then I get resentful, like it mm-hmm. says, right? So I I become the martyr concept, and that is not healthy in no, a relationship. Because then it's easy to start tallying all the things. Look at all the things I've done in re- this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you resent the other person because you don't feel like. You know, it's interesting. I don't relate as much to like the quantity of things. It's more of like an overall like just ball of energy that's mm-hmm. just like I just I've put all the I've done everything I can do and it's not the other person's not doing right. it. So I resent them, right? Yeah. So that that's definitely something that I experience with the pleaser there. So that's your highest? That's my highest one. Okay. What's your highest one? I'm a stickler. A stickler, which by the way is my number two least. Surprise, surprise. So stickler, yeah. what is a stickler? Um, this this came as no surprise. Perfectionism and a need for order and organization taken too far. <laughs> if you would like to see this, um, just add some stress, pour some stress into Molly's life and you will watch her organize. <laughs> hey, it has come in handy for the move. 
Well, and this is the whole point, right? Is that all these saboteurs, they, they have like an initial phase of them that's really positive. Just like my pleaser helped me become friends with people. But at extremes, it also yeah. can have, how does it show up? Well, and I think a that's, a, that's another you? thing that we've evolved in is that I think um, before you become really self-aware and really start diving into self-development and personal growth, you, someone can call out your your saboteur without, you know, using mm. those exact words. Mm. And you're like, well, look at all the good it does. Yeah. So you, you tend to sometimes at first focus on like, no, like I don't want to give up all this because this is really good and it's served me because then it's easier for that to overshadow, like without having you to take a, a look at the places where it hasn't served you and it's done more harm than good. And it it's hard to self-confront. Yeah. And to really sit and look and be like, uh, okay, no, like I, I do have work to do. Um, How do you see the sabotage show up in this one? Um, well, let me just read a couple characteristics. Okay. Punctual, methodical, mm-hmm. perfectionistic. Um, man, how many arguments did we have about punctuality in our early years of marriage? Mm-hmm. Every time I would come home late. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... Quite often. Because <laughs> um, I'm not hypervigilant or a stickler. Highly critical of self and others, mm. which, yes, which I hope that you would say I've, I've gotten a lot better oh, at. Yeah. It showed up very extreme in our early marriage. Yeah. And and we did, we had an early marriage of where I felt very out of control. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we've said this publicly, um, but I mean, I think our first six years of marriage were, you know, we were on the brink of divorce almost you know, every month. And, and it was a question of where we make it. So to be where we're at today is to me a miracle. And, and it's because of the work that yeah. we've done. So if you can't do it perfectly, don't do it at all. Mm. <laughs> yes. That came into the, like our conversation about parenting where yeah. it was like, Hey, I have a way to do it. And so it was really hard for me to step in and do some things, but you wanted help, but yeah, yeah that could, that could definitely cause some problems. Any others? Um, let's see, is highly sensitive to criticism. Yeah. And that, and that was the thing, like my family's, um, we're not like rude, but we're, we're kind of direct in some things. And so I think, um, I don't think we're as direct as some family. I know some people that are like crazy direct, but I feel like we're not afraid to sort of say some of the hard things and, um, and, and encourage someone maybe to work on something like that's something that was consistent in my family. And so when we got into relationship and then anything I did that was, um, and probably I, I probably had some struggle with self-righteousness and some other things that made it so it didn't come across that well. It all, a lot of times felt like criticism and what I did. Yeah. Um, impact on self and others. It says causes rigidity and reduces flexibility in dealing with change in others, different styles. Yeah. So any other ways that you've seen that that impact uh, either your parenting or um, our relationship? Oh, I, think, I think change has always been hard. I remember when we were dating, not dating. That's a whole story. Um, and I, I knew that we probably weren't going to live in Texas mm-hmm. uh, at, the, at the beginning because of mm-hmm. your construction job. And that was really hard. I remember talking to you about that a few yeah. times. Um, I think that's why living in the RV for three years was one of the single greatest things that my personality yeah 
could have done. Well, it was really fascinating. This kind of shows where the growth was at that point. This is now coming up on maybe six years ago. But you, you, you know, I was like, you want to do what? Like, are you crazy? Like, do you not realize how much of a stickler and how much control you need? You know, it's like, and we're going to go live in like a completely out of control life, traveling around the country in an RV are you like, you're going to go crazy and that's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. And that, in that first year, there were a few times where like, well, we can just settle down. I'll just, and I'm like, no, I have to do this. Like yeah. I have to. Yeah. It was a very deliberate, like immersion therapy for that. It side was of the you. most immersion therapy I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then also getting a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While we're in the RV for the last couple of months, crazy. But but I, I really did. But it was nice because it truly was your decision. So when things got really tough, and, and not that we didn't have some hard times there, then I, I, you really owned that you made that decision. Yeah. And I saw you step into the discomfort of all the unknown uncertainty. And I mean, we're talking about crazy uncertainty. Like in an RV, like stuff breaks all the time. Sometimes you got to take it in the shop. You don't know how soon you can water, get it in the shop. Water, no water. Yeah, We'd be driving and then there's no rest area to pull over and sleep yeah generator would go out and you'd have no ac you're like i mean it was like all sorts of craziness yeah and you and you really did grow a lot during that that experience so so what's your second so my second one is hyper rational all right and so, that was um a zero for me yeah yeah so with the hyper rational um once again it talks about that you could be perceived as cold distant and intellectually arrogant there were many times in our early relationship where I'm like, stop analyzing me. Like yeah. I'm not a project. Yeah. yeah. Don't therapize me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I can be very, um, intellectual. And I also remember feeling like, man, can we have an intelligent conversation? Like all we talk about is like logistics and schedules and organizing. But I felt like any type of intelligent, like really, you know, diving deep conversation was like picking and pulling me apart and showing me where all the things I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Which Obviously, as a stickler, I don't want your criticism. <laughs> yeah. And so it's funny how that showed up. And like, and and I mean, I remember, and I think what it was, was I was like, let's confront you. Like, let's confront your stuff. I'll confront my stuff. I felt like I was willing to have conversations about me. And so that, that didn't seem weird to say, hey, let's have conversations about you. Um, but it didn't work real well for where you were at. Um, but but I, I remember, I to this day remember the first what I felt like was a real conversation um, that had some like um, depth to it. And I mean, it was like years into our marriage, but it was a conversation about my grandmother, uh, Grandma Kenny. And, and why? Also known as greatest. Greatest. We love her. Um, and uh, she came into our lives after my, my biological grandmother passed away, which was, I loved her. I still remember her hugs. And so to replace grandma, obviously there's no replacing, there's just adding, but, um, that was a big thing to step into and, and greatest is amazing. And she has filled, uh, all of our lives up with so much joy. And so we were talking one night just about how she perceived the world and well, and how she exuded this warmth. Yeah. Well, and the question was like, what was the foundation of the warmth that she exuded? And I remember we were in this restaurant. I don't know if you remember this, but we were in a restaurant in no, downtown we were. Dallas. No, I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that's like all we talk about is deep stuff. And and, and then a side of logistics because we have three kids. Yes. Yes. And so I really, and I appreciate that about our relationship now because it took us a long time to get there. All right. What was your second uh, saboteur, major saboteur? Um, I will say it, but 
I also wanted to just acknowledge again, like your top two saboteurs, mm-hmm. they do. They have a a more positive spin on them and mine. Well, I mean, hyper- no, no, no. If you just look at sure. it, I just think it's funny. Sure. I mean, I think hyper rational. I think in a world that where at the end of the day, love and connection is really yeah. it, the what leads to the most happiness. Yeah, That's, I think I've been fascinated by happiness, but for many years, actually, one of the big it's ahas, funny though. Oh, sorry, go ahead. One of the big ahas I had was that it was actually my desire to grow, to have that rational way of thinking, of understanding everything and all the analysis that I was trying to understand. Why are you doing this? Why, yeah. What is OCD? And what is, why does that cause you to do that? And I remember looking at like all the different like personality disorders and, and attachment theories and trying to understand like, okay, what is causing her to do what she was doing, right? And I'd learned all this stuff. And then it was like, at the end of the day, there was like this moment that was like, okay, you, you like, I mean, it wasn't bad to go learn that stuff. It was good. But at the end of the day, what you need to learn is how to be with her. Well, right. It's not um, very connecting. Yeah. To have someone sit there and um, Just analyze you. Just to understand you. you. Yeah. And yes, like you could step back and be like, oh, like this person just loves this person so much. and But really... That didn't send the message, I see you, I hear you, I value you. Right. That sent the message, I, I want to fix you. Yeah, and that was not my intention. Was I never felt like I wanted to fix you, but I wanted to understand you. It just was such a mystery why it was so challenging for us to get along. Because yeah. I didn't have anybody else in my life that that was that challenging with. And so, But I went to all these analysis models, which, which once again, I do know a lot about OCD. I do know a lot about... This man can things. research like <laughs> no one else, which is such an amazing quality. Like, yeah, But at the end of the day, but for people, knowing <laughs> things is not necessarily very connecting. No. Knowing things for like business and making money and stuff like that, amazing. It's Buying valuable. Things. But it, yeah, but it's... No, not. right. It, it, it gives you a platform. Sure. But if you want to connect with someone, that's not going to get you there. Yeah. So it's a total saboteur in my life. Which is funny because you're always, I've always felt from you like this desire to connect. Mm-hmm. And there's always felt this like energetic, like mismatch. I couldn't have worded it because I didn't have these words back then. Mm-hmm. But right, you did the exact opposite of what you really wanted. I was creating a, a result that I didn't care to create right yeah. and, and it's so funny for a pleaser and hyper rational right next to each other to be so sort of intellectually driven while also being someone who likes to like make a difference in people's like, like it that seems very contradictory it's, it's quite it's quite challenging you know yeah. and so i can see those things having impact in my business partnerships in my employee relationships in my and obviously in our relationship as well and yeah. so um my second one is hypervigilant. Mm. And it's interesting because my my top ones actually are have a lot rooted in anxiety. Yeah. Which obviously, you know. You experience some anxiety? Mm, just I, <laughs> actually I do a lot better now. No, you really you really do. Yeah. You, you. Um, but yes. Uh so the hypervigilant, as I said before, intense anxiety about all the dangers and what could go wrong. Mm. Um now here's the interesting thing. I Lock don't the doors. No, I don't think I'm a worrier. Like I don't constantly mm. sit there and worry. But I think my mind just as good is really good at projecting like future scenarios and so then I get hyper fixated that 
like locking the doors. I'm, I've never been clinically diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And I would never want to take away, um, that diagnosis from people that really do suffer terribly from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say I have tendencies with, um, obsessive behaviors. Mm -hmm. Locking the doors is one. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I like them locked. It's like this, it's like breathing for me. I subconsciously will just lock the door Mm -hmm. without thinking about locking the door, but going to bed at night has always been a a big thing, which is why you installed a ring security system. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving because of it. Yep. That really bit us in the ass, but yeah, but, but that is, yeah, but, but also like with our car. Mm -hmm. So we have a function on our car that you can change where when I, um, Oh my goodness. When I open, like if I go to park and turn the car off to get gas or just get out of the car and well here's the function of the car the car normally when you hit unlock on a car door it unlocks all the car doors so you can get in and out and when you get out of the car all the doors unlock so your trunk's unlocked and everything but i have it set where only the driver door unlocks and then you have to i cannot tell you how many times i get out of the car and i didn't bring the key with me and so i gotta go get the key or and it's got a weird functionality even if you have the key there it's like it still doesn't work like it should, I don't know what it is. It's a Subaru. No, you have good. to click it more. You have to double. I I have it figured out. He, he hasn't. But I have not. I hate it. For me, it's a safety yes. issue. If I'm by myself as a woman, I only want I my door to be unlocked. But so that, but that plays into my hyper, yeah. my hyper vigilance. Yeah. Um, so for the one in 80 million chance that somebody's going to try to attack Molly at the gas station, I... I'm consistently annoyed on near daily basis by not having a door unlocked and having to go around to the driver door and click the little dang button. And so but that not, is something I have agreed to deal with in my life. But I'm not a worrier. Like no. I don't, I'm um, not no, a helicopter not. mom. No, you um, don't hover over your kids. I don't hover over my kids. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem teaching Tyler how to drive. He takes the car. He, you know, he has a late curfew. I don't sit at home worried that he's not going to make it home. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously that's, I think that's a fear every parent harbors to an extent. Do you think that's because there's a certain level of confidence in the parenting you have done that your kids are healthy and yes, solid but also and would communicate in challenges? Yes. And also I realize like there are certain, I don't know why my brain works the way it does, mm-hmm. but I realize I have zero control over when they leave this house without me. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't. And if I sit at home tracking them on find my iPhone and trying to check in with them every 10 minutes and worrying whether they're going to get in a car accident, get abducted, uh, get mugged, like, oh my gosh, like you, a person can't function like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember like your transition from being a you know new mom, which I think all mo- new moms have that experience of like, oh, what if he falls? Oh, don't throw him up in the air. Like, it's like, there's, there's those fears mm-hmm. as, as, but I'm also, I, I think I realized somewhere along the way of when our boys were younger, that mm-hmm. that's really creating a, a disservice and it goes back to trust. Mm-hmm. Like I want my boys to learn how to trust themselves and know that I trust them. Mm-hmm. And I think when you feel like your parents trust you, that gives you more ability to trust yourself yeah. as a teenager. Yeah. And so, um, Yeah. I, I can't like, that's a fear that I've had to just release and, and not hold on to. And 
you know. Yeah, I would say your hypervigilance shows up more than when you decide something needs to get done. Then it's like, you'll call me four times. You'll double check every single day if I did that thing. You will, mm -hmm. like, it is it is vigilant. And whereas me, it's like, oh, no, that didn't work out. Oh, okay, we'll get it done tomorrow. Yeah. Right? Like, and it's like, I just kind of trust my judgment of things working out. And that, that is a challenge between us because I think we communicate a lot better around it. But um, that there definitely are moments where... We laugh, I think we laugh more about it now, yeah. um, but there are moments where that can kind of put you in that judgmental place also, yeah. which is kind of what, why these are the secondary. I can't remember how, what his phraseology for that, but the, the sub saboteurs. Well, I think with the stickler and the, especially the hypervigilant and controller, I think those saboteurs are ones that... Um, is that your third one? Controller? Yeah, controller. <laughs> Guys, I really am a fun person. That is why we're doing the Out of Control podcast. <laughs> I really am fun. No, okay. you are. You're hilarious. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? And fun. Like, yeah. I don't remember. I lost my train. I, those three are easy to put you in a place of superiority. Mm. Yeah, like you've got it figured out. You've got your act together. Because your it deals stuff didn't with apart. anxiety, perfectionism, yeah. organization. Mm -hmm. And when you get into those really... When stress uh, comes, the saboteurs seem yeah. to show up. Those extreme places with those, you do like, like just do it this way. Like it just boom, boom, boom. Like just get it done. Like almost like you're stupid. Why aren't you doing it the way I told you to do it? I sometimes feel that from you. I am getting better. <laughs> and it is helpful when you like call me out, not in a mean way, but right. like. Well, last night we had a little conversation. Well, you were like, you're kind of one upping or mm -hmm. like. And so just those little, yeah, you were in a good place yeah. and you kind of started feeling some things. And I was just like, Hey, look, I'm, I'm comfortable with you telling me yeah. those things need to get done. I, I feel like you're going to a place like you're in the right and I'm in the wrong on yeah. this. And, and I would, I would feel like I could, I would be more, you just need to do your hands like this for ones above the other. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not perfect at explaining it, but I think understanding the value that in relationships, and we learn this from uh, Finlay, and we talk about her every once in a while, but that in relationship, there are, there's kind of three ways you can be. So if for me, so, so I can be in the relationship three ways. I can be one up. So that means I'm up and you're down. I'm better. Yeah. I'm a superior. I'm I know I've more. I've got it figured yeah. out, which I, I did that some with my hyper rational too. So I'm not completely blameless without going out one up. Right. And so then, and then there's one down. Which is like, oh, okay, fine. Oh, you're it, right. It's I'm, victim. I'm victim, right? And then there's equal, right? We're 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 peers in this. We're equivalent in this, and tr that is where trust is created. Is when we're equal, yeah. and, and that's so, where you can have the the greatest influence. Yeah. Is, well, here's the thing about influence, and maybe we talked about this before. Influence can't be taken; it can only be given. Yeah. And very rarely do we give influence to people we don't trust. And trust happens when we're equal. Yeah. So we have to get to equality and then we trust. Now, then, when we say give, it means I'm not giving Matt the opportunity to influence me. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, I can try to influence you, but if you don't give me the ability to influence, then, then there is no. So unless you're influence. on that same level, you're not going to influence someone. Yeah. I mean, you, you could, Right. By manipulation. Yeah. But in the long run, it's, it's not going to work Which out. is a really challenging piece of, of when kids go from from tweens to teen and adult, young adults, is there, you have spent a lot of your relationship and you were kind of the parent-child relationship. And in that, it's a lot of like, uh, 
you know, I'm mm-hmm. telling you how to do this and whatever. Um, hopefully you've had some of those moments where they were equal. It's like, Hey, I trust you. That because you- if it's not done in, in a healthy way, when your kids are older and they're probably mid to late teens, they're going to be like, Psh, yeah, I don't want it. I don't want influence from my parents. Like I'm not yeah, taking that. Exactly. Cause there's never been the equality. Yeah. The parent has always stayed as a parent. And so the trust didn't progress into the next. So they're going to seek it out in in other places, and that's where you're going to fill this um, big struggle. Yeah, they're going to go. They're going to go to other people that to find trust. Yeah, and and they're now they may still have a cordial relationship with you, but the trust is not going to be the same as if there's not that time. And I think that's why it's really important for us to find things with those. Like I love my mom is an artist, and I am a very 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 amateur artist um but i do like to, to i like artistic art. and very creative yeah but and i can draw pretty decently yeah but but not near like as good as my mom is but she shares her art with me and i love that like it's something that's not her teaching me mm-hmm. it's just something we share and i love that and it's not something where i'm teaching her like it's you know it's not me sometimes we do these things as as kids where it's like oh let me show you all the things i'm accomplishing parents mm-hmm. i do that with my dad a lot it's like i'm oh dad let me tell you all the things i'm working on like so but, you can be impressed with me or whatever Versus like when there's been conversations with my dad where we're just talking about like our family, like his growing up years and like what that was like. But I think what I've learned, Mm -hmm. some of what I've learned as a parent Mm -hmm. um, over the years is that when your kids do come to you and they do want to show you all the things they're great at and what they're passionate about and they love and they want you to take part in that, Mm -hmm. if you can find a way to connect like Tyler started working out when he was 12 and we were traveling and he saw us go to the gym and he wanted to start coming, but, and he has a lot of views. So he did a lot of research and started really, um, becoming quite knowledgeable about weightlifting. And so I have gone to him and, and I've asked him, Hey, you know, put together a workout plan for me. And so if you can find ways to connect like that, where you're on the same level Mm -hmm. and they feel like, Oh, like my mom is, not just the mom, they can also see you as a, like a person mm-hmm. and you can share, yeah, this same level connection. Yeah. They, they, they feel like, oh, I have contribution in my parents' life too. Yeah. There's something here that I understand that I can contribute to them. Yeah. Allowing them to have that contribution And if you huge. take the time and really search for it, you can find it in, in almost anything, even in the things that you're like, no freaking way am I interested in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and that's been harder for me because I, I do feel like I'm more inclined to like, because we were such a teaching family, I, I feel like I'm more inclined to like, hey, let me teach you this. Like in a positive way, like I want you to have this value in your life. But there's also that value of like, well, okay, what are you doing? Like what? And so learning to have those types of communications can be really, very valuable. We've kind of gone off a little bit yeah. of these saboteurs, but I think um, the next one is avoider for me. Um, and that creates some procrastination in my life. You can see mine has some real, of, of uh, the, the, you outwardly focus. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to, you know, kind of, um, let me help everyone else. Yeah. And the avoider is focused on the positive and pleasant in extreme way, avoiding difficult and unpleasant tasks and conflicts. I am like the king of having a list of like eight things and doing the stuff that I enjoy first, even though the other stuff is more <laughs> valuable. Right now I, I say that I, you do, you do, do. I the actually stuff feel like I'm a pretty good balancer of the most important things, but it takes some real, but, I, but I've noticed that. And so certain like household tasks i'll be like well 
I'll do that. Yeah. Like that I will be able to knock that out super easy and consistently. And I get it. You hate it. And your time's actually better spent doing something else. Yeah. Um, I, my avoider's so low. It's 1.3. Yeah. You do not avoid much. You are after. I'm a go, go, goer. (laughs) Um, loses self in confronting routines, habits, procrastinates on unpleasant tasks. Um, some of the feelings, uh, are I'm even keel, right? Mm -hmm. Which is something like, right. Anxiety about what has been avoided or procrastinated. That's, I don't really, I, I can get to overwhelm because of this though which is my, I don't feel, I mean, I guess anxiety is sort of overwhelmed. They are related, right? So maybe I just don't like the term anxiety. And I don't well, know. I think they're different. I think stress, overwhelm, and anxiety are, I think. They have different like, elements, yeah. right? So is it is it a form of anxiety to, that I feel to some degree? Yeah. But I rarely feel what I feel like people describe as anxiety. Um, I Like there's, I have like no worry. It's just like, oh, okay. It's like. I, just I think overwhelm would be a better, where a lot of stuff gets piled on all at once. You feel an overwhelm. Yeah. Then you do it and then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Fear about hard won peace of mind being interrupted. Oh yeah. Oh, I hate it when I've worked hard to have like some space and then you call or, <laughs> or, or also when I have like project project time mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm going to work on this for three hours. And then the halfway through one of my business partner calls and they're like, Oh, I need to talk to you right now. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. No. Cause I knew I was going to get this done in time now. And now you're going to ask me to, yeah. like, that's really, really hard for me. Um, Suppressed anger and resentment rather than expressed anger. Yeah. And that's been, that's been a real chat. And that's where for you a long time, you like, we, we did this thing where we did the feelings wheel where we consistently, would, we consistently. would do a check in every night and share all the things we felt that day. Yeah. The hard and the fun and everything in between. And when we started doing that, I was like, you, you actually feel these things. Cause yeah. Matt on the outside looked perpetually happy, which was, Highly annoying to an emotional person who felt all the things in in a span of an hour. And, but it made him more relatable and more human. And it gave me um, space to have um, more compassion when my saboteurs would rear their ugly head to be brought back down. um, It was a way to connect with you and be like, oh, like what I did or how I said that it hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah. And that's what I've had to learn how to say, because I tend to do this thing where it's like, hey, you shouldn't do this or, or we, we do don't do this. this. And oh my gosh, yeah. if you want to piss me off yeah. super fast, just say, yeah. we don't do this, honey. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, the hell we don't. I do. <laughs> yeah. It's like my pleaser and hyper-rational like together at the same time. Oh, it's just this so like condescending. So what I've had to do is learn how to say, okay, hey, um, I'm feeling this thing, yeah. this, I'm feeling this way about this experience. Yeah. I, I feel hurt. Right. Yeah. But I don't like telling people that I feel hurt. That pleaser in me doesn't, well, I don't like to, I know you don't, you don't want to tell someone yeah. that, Hey, what you're doing hurts But that's me. actually the most helpful thing you can do. But it's way more healthy. Yeah. It's way more healthy. And helpful. And yeah. And yeah. It works way better. You're not a robot. I remember I told you that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you feel things. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> So we hope that today has been informative and interesting to you. There are a ton more on the saboteurs that we haven't talked yeah. about. And um, we, we actually, interestingly, I have my son's. Uh, so Tyler is a stickler to a 10. So he has that stickler. He is it. His stickler is as high as my stickler. His stickler is as high as a stickler can be. No, it's not a 10. It's a 10. Oh. Yeah. 
And then and he's then also he's a hyperachiever like his, my mom. His third is a controller, which yeah. is my third. That which is why Tyler and I um we have a pretty good relationship right now. Now, yeah. He he does enjoy like talking to you more cuz he has that yeah, kind of analytical mm-hmm. mind and um and he hasn't quite become emotionally intelligent yet. <laughs> I think as a stickler and a controller um from I remember growing up like I was good at just kind of not addressing my feelings. Like I would get annoyed and frustrated with people and feel those things, but I wouldn't actually talk about my feelings. Yeah. And I wasn't really good at receiving mm. love mm-hmm. and affection and yeah. attention from because someone. It has to be a certain way. Um, so Tyler and I have definitely butted heads. Yeah. We're, we have a, we have a good relationship now, but it, yeah, it shows you like we're, we are so much alike. And so if you take people with very similar saboteurs and, and they're both at a like hyper emotional place where yeah. their saboteurs are very apparent. Yeah. Yeah. You get like, we often reject in others what we least accept yeah. in ourselves. Yeah. Tyler has taught me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and whereas, um, because I have different expectations in the relationship, I have a great relationship with Tyler and we don't rarely have problems no. because he is so opposite from me. And so we, we appreciate those differences together and yeah. we enjoy looking at it. It's funny. Your kids so will teach you a lot of things. They teach us a lot. But this is, this is a fun activity. I think our other two kids took it. I think really like your older teenagers, you're going to get a good solid foundation on what their yeah. saboteurs are. It's, it's fun just for your younger kids to play around. I think. Yeah. It's still something there. I think that still kind of shaping their personalities. Yeah. Um, life impact. But it's it's a great activity to do together. Even um, just, you can do it with a friend. If you don't have a partner, you can do it with your partner. Yeah. Um, you can do it with us. Just go ahead and leave a review and yeah. let us know what your saboteurs are. And if you did the positive intelligence uh, quizzes. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. So... Uh, thanks for joining the Out of Control podcast here. Yeah, this was fun, uh, but I am super excited for our next podcast. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> actually, before that one, we're going to do two podcasts. That's going to be... What? You want to do that one next? Yeah. Okay, we'll save the Move podcast for another podcast. Yeah, let, yeah, let, yeah, yeah, let's do this next one, and then we'll do the Move. All right, guys, the next podcast, we're going to get into a very hot topic hot topic especially if you've been in a conservative traditional orthodox model of the world yeah purity culture yeah and so if you're open to having a conversation about that come back and join us (laughs) it'll be fun but make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that one when it comes out like rate review all the things we really 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 appreciate it yep come check us out over on tiktok if you want to laugh and on instagram if you just want to see what's going on with life with molly all right take care guys bye